I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police could kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I gotta ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act offended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this, but the peace to mark. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock. I'm gonna twerk on your head like. You ain't gonna do nothing, man. You gonna have to repent, man. I'm gonna call your daddy and be like, bitch, don't you remember your first joke? Don't you know that this how they gonna destroy us? Don't you know that they spent trillions of dollars to destroy us because they know that without me and our race. Let me guess, the white man. Let me guess. All these nations is Well, the Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Bring it out! Pride goes 
because no other body want to do it or they're too busy to do it or they're too narrow-minded to do it or they're not too educated to do it or they don't have the voice or or the energy to do it you know we can put all those things on a slab so that's why I do it and I want y'all to be able to be aware of what's going on all these little if we already found out about all this little fake news that they going on now and they saying this and other stuff in the world is happening that we're not aware of or what they got plaque they got us with COVID one time with me y'all but now I got up on the game saying oh so now I'm on this game trying to allow y'all to watch out because they got it on us one time. Now, you, you that's on you. You do what you got to do. But I want you to listen to all this stuff that they got going on and how they trying to trying to cycle us in this 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 situation that we ain't even aware of. Let's analyze. So much has happened since we arrived here in the Middle East on Sunday. Each day we have learned of new attacks from Iranian-backed militias. American soldiers have died and American warships and aircraft are under fire. The number of attacks from Houthi militants are increasing and some of their weapons are getting closer. A senior defense official here in Bahrain just moments ago telling us exclusively that about 10 minutes ago, the F-18 Super Hornets bombed 10 unmanned drones in Western Yemen that we're preparing to launch. That is how dynamic this situation is. Also, just hours ago, there was another attack. The USS Kearney shooting down a ballistic missile and several drones that were heading their way. And we're also learning new details about that attack on a U.S. destroyer last night. That was the USS Gravely. And the Houthi missile came within a mile of the battleship. That is significant. Why? Because it forced sailors to use their final line of defense. Bottom line, Despite the Biden administration's efforts to calm tensions, things are escalating. We are the first journalists to make the long trip to the Red Sea, embedding with the U.S. Navy, who describes this situation as increasingly dynamic and unprecedented. We just got back after getting a close-hand look. These sailors and Marines are just one part of the U.S. military presence in the Middle East. In Yemen today, a Houthi anti-aircraft missile targeted American patrol aircraft. The missile, which was in firing position, was destroyed by the U.S. military, according to the Pentagon. The folks that need to show restraint are these groups that are on backs. Groups like the one that killed three Americans earlier this week. President Biden has approved a series of strikes against targets, including Iranian personnel and facilities inside Iraq and Syria. We have obligations in the region, including those to our troops and our facilities. And now those attacks have taken the lives of three of them. Uh, we will have to do, we will do what we need to do to make sure that, um, that the, those responsible are held properly accountable. The U.S. has positioned one of its most lethal and effective assets in the Red Sea. We went to sea for ourselves, taking a C-2 Greyhound, also known as a COD, to the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower aircraft carrier. U.S. troops deployed in the region are now in what's called a weapons engagement zone, meaning the U.S. service members are in the range of enemy fire. The night we arrived on board the carrier, the destroyer, the USS Gravely, intercepted another Houthi missile. We're on call 24-7. It never stops. Rear Admiral Mark Meguez is the commander of Carrier Strike Group 2, which includes the Eisenhower and the Gravely. What's the first thing the president asks when there's a crisis? Where are the Carrier Strike Groups? Uh, and there's a reason for that. You've seen some of it uh, in full display over the last eight hours. The Carrier Strike Group is leading the U.S.-led coalition's defense with a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier destroyers, 75 aircraft, and some 7,000 sailors strong. I know that our sailors are trained. I know that they're going to react and respond uh, as they've been trained to do. Uh, and it was relevant last night, just like it's going to be relevant anytime uh, we get uh, we get shot at. Captain Christopher Hill, right. call sign Chowda, is in charge of the Ike. It's kind of a testament to the capability of our missile systems and our guns 
and the capability of our sailors to operate that equipment. We were there during night flight operations. F-18s launched with military precision. The choreography perfected so fighter jets can go from zero to 125 miles per hour in just two seconds. Captain Hill was observing from the ship's bridge. Today we asked him about the attack on American right. service members in Jordan that killed three soldiers. Right. The president has said that he has made a decision about how to respond. Does this carrier strike group stand ready? We have been ready for quite some time. No matter okay. what the order? No matter what the order. Do you think you'll end up being involved? We are presently involved. We flew by helicopter to see the ships heavily involved in deterring the Houthis and defending American warships, the destroyers. We're on a Navy MH-60 helicopter right over the Red Sea and we are heading to the USS Mason. That destroyer is the tip of the spear. Once on board the Mason, we went inside the highly secretive Combat Information Center, CIC. It is the ship's nerve center where split-second decisions are made when Mason's radars pick up an inbound threat. Simply put, at any time, in any given place, inside the Red Sea, I could be shot. The ship's captain, Justin Smith, says Mason has been on high alert for incoming Houthi missiles and drones since it arrived in the region 88 days ago. We have about 10 to 15 seconds to be able to make that determination if we're going to engage that target. That's not enough time to make a phone call. You just have to make the decision. No, let's make the decisions. How long can you carry that on, that heightened level of posture? No, it's, this is demanding. This is demanding work. But our sailors have the tools. They have the resources, and we have the flexibility and logistics to be able to maintain this uh, for a long period of time. Commander Melanie Ollie, call sign Brucey, is the only female squadron leader on the Ike. We've seen a lot of different threats that I don't think we were expecting to see on this deployment, uh, but. You know, when you realize that there's merchant shipping at risk, there's innocent people at risk, uh, you step up. We want to help. So much has happened. Now, you see the crafted counseling and what they doing. You know, America, police officers kill black men and black women all the time in America. They harm black people and all this. They want to have a reason to fight. And they putting these three black people up here saying they, this, 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 they're American people. I'm still trying to figure out why they are putting three black people up there talking about that guy killed and they got to defend, defend this and that. And they never had that. that never, they never had that energy ever in America defending black people. You know, so this is another thing. And another thing you hear in Congress trying to take all the TikTok and Facebook and all them talking about the children and all this. This is the crafty counsels that they doing to me when I start hearing it. It's all they trying to trying to stop people from communicating what's really going on. So you get these these. Lindsay and all these Republicans and all these other people trying to say the children, the children, the children. You're already talking about the children. How? Y'all understand? Tell me this, y'all. How is a non-pigmentation man going always talking about the children and what he did to our forefathers and what they doing to the school system and the, and, and the homeless and the people over here in America? And they talking about the children. You know, they got all this stuff going on, the um, um, the economy, they got, they ain't doing nothing. They got the, all these immigration, and they talking about the immigration, and, they, and, they, and, 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 and that's supposed to be the thing. Now, why is Facebook and TikTok and all of us got to be under scrutiny about what the kids are listening to? And they got all these movies out here and all these other stuff that they're exploiting children's minds and they robbing and raping and all this and stealing children. So when they ask him these questions, y'all, we're going to listen to these questions that they ask him and see what you think. Let's analyze. How are you keeping kids safe online? Why should parents, how are you keeping kids safe online? Why should parents trust Meta anymore? Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg, along with the heads of Snap, TikTok, X, and Discord on Capitol Hill today for a grilling from lawmakers. I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. 
The Senate Judiciary hearing room was packed with families, many of whom held photos of their children who have died by suicide due to online sexual exploitation. Senators focused much of their fire on Zuckerberg, who was forced to apologize directly to victims' families. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? He was testifying for the eighth time. Instagram also displayed the following warning screen to individuals who were searching for child abuse material. And then you gave users two choices. Get resources or see results anyway. Mr. Zuckerberg, what the hell were you thinking? Snap CEO Evan Spiegel also aggressively questioned. Did you or ever and everyone else at Snap really fail to see that the platform was the perfect tool for sexual predators? Senator, that behavior is disgusting and reprehensible. I'm very happy with the senator's questions. They were very pointed, um, but I was not happy with the responses. For t see, all these supposed to be sexual preference and all this. Now, how is this? If they, look, see, this is the crafty counsel I'm trying to tell y'all, fam. If you legalize homosexuality and all these other stuff, look what else you have opened up the Pandora box for. So America want to legalize all this pedophilia and homosexuality and it's all right to be this person and this person and that person and this person. And what else going to happen when you open up these doors? But now they want to, they want to blame, they want to blame the, the, the people, TikTok and all them, because they saying they outlet is allowing pedophilia to do this. No, your laws and your rights and how you legalize this other stuff. But that ain't the main focus because they already down with the pedophilia and sex slaving and stealing women and all that. You know, that, 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 that's already in their nature, and they, but it's deeper than that. Once you cut down into the onion and start smelling the strength of the onion, you know it's got something really funky down there. Let's analyze. Demi Rodriguez, whose 11-year-old daughter died by suicide after severe social media addiction, Zuckerberg's apology was not enough. When he stood up to apologize, he looked right in my eyes and there's no feeling or emotion. Also in the room, Shauna Pouch. She's raising her 11-year-old granddaughter, who she says was sexually exploited on Snapchat. I'm very frustrated with listening to these CEOs. How many more children do we need to lose in order for this to change? The next step is for lawmakers to pass legislation. Senators Durbin and Graham tell me that they want to reform the law that prevents users from being able to sue these tech companies. Senator Graham vows to me today that he will bring that to the Senate floor for a vote by this fall. Nora. All right, I want to turn to the war in Gaza specifically. Secretary Blinken, as I just said, is making his fifth trip to the region today to try to get those talks to broker a ceasefire deal, the release of the remaining hostages. Could these retaliatory strikes undermine those talks, make it more difficult to secure a final deal? Look, ultimately, the question of whether those hostages will be released comes down to a negotiation among Israel and Hamas backed by Egypt, Qatar, and the United States. We believe that the steps that uh, we took on Friday and the steps we took against the Houthis last night are not connected to the hostage negotiations. And we believe that now, at this point, it's up to Hamas to come forward and respond to uh, what is a serious proposal, and we will continue to press the Qataris and the Egyptians to try to generate a positive response to that so that all of those hostages, including, Kristen, American hostages, get home to their families. Do you have a full accounting of how many hostages are being held and are still alive? You know, we've said from the beginning that uh, because of the nature of how Hamas operates inside Gaza, hiding behind a civilian population, burrowing into these tunnels, uh, that we do not and cannot have a clear picture 
of exactly how many hostages are still alive and how many have tragically passed away. And we've learned over the course of this conflict that at least two American citizens uh, passed away uh, on October 7th and then um, it, who we previously thought were hostages. So we cannot, with any clear sense, say the exact number of hostages, but we know that there are many and we know that it's our job day in, day out to try to bring them up. Well, well, well. America is now telling the truth a little bit because they got to come out because now they're begging. They're practically begging any immigrant or anyone to come and join their military because we are sick and tired of it. We see through the smoke and all the lies, the smoke and mirrors. We know that this has been a scam and we know that you guys are the ones who are behind a lot of shit that we did not want to be true. And it's true. And it's true. Look how he is begging. Pay attention to the shaking in his voice. America is shooken up and begging for anybody. So all along, this is what the fuck y'all been doing any damn way. And we said this shit, but y'all just said he was lying and shit. So if y'all would do all of this and try to get anybody in, what y'all gonna do with the American citizens who are already over here? That's what we're saying. We're not coming on a common ground on what the fuck is going on in this movie. This movie is ridiculous. Listen to the shakiness in his voice, but pay attention how they are begging. A bill says that if you're an undocumented person in this country and, and you can pass the physical and the required test, then you're trips to preview for you at this time he's been to ohio many times before during his administration so it's not and it's not unusual for him to to go there are there any plans for president biden to visit east palestine I, I don't have anything to share on a planned visit for the president to uh to ohio democrats are saying it's time for him to get down and he said when he was asked the question that he will be there when is he going to be visiting east palestine and why hasn't he yet so I, the plans are underway, discussions are underway, just don't have anything locked in. About five weeks ago, President Biden said that he would be going to East Palestine, Ohio at some point. Does the president still feel the need to visit Ohio? Well, the president, I mean, once the president said it, so I will uh, keep keep that, uh, he, he keeps to his word. But we should expect him there at some point. If he says, the president said he's he's expecting to at some time, uh, the president means what he says. As the president said, he will go uh, to East Palestine. I don't have any travel plans at this time. So I'm just going to repeat what the president said. He, he will travel uh, to the area, to East Palestine. Just don't have anything to share on travel or upcoming uh, dates. The president intends to go. Don't have a time or a date to preview at this time. Well, I said in March that you would go to East Palestine, Ohio. You came here. How come you haven't gone to East Palestine yet? Well, I haven't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. There's a lot going on. The president is going to go to East Palestine. I don't have a time or, or date to announce at this time, but he will go. I don't have any anything, uh, any schedule uh, of the president at this time. As it relates to the president's trip, if obviously don't have anything to announce at this time when it is uh, when it is um, appropriate or helps helps the community for him to be there. Obviously, he will be there. Side effects, neither Pfizer the FDA or the CDC has ever talked to us or attempted to. We have never heard anything from them. By then, COVID vaccines have been given to young people for six months with sometimes tragic results. He got vaccinated on like a Friday and on Sunday, he actually Sunday morning at 1 a.m. was on life support. He was diagnosed with myocarditis. Um, doctors, of course, would not say it was vax injured, but why would a six-year-old have myocarditis? My son Sean played hockey his whole life. To continue to play hockey, he had to get a vaccine. He took one Pfizer shot and died 33 days later. 
The Daguerreys gave the government and those who experimented on Maddie permission to talk with us about her case. However, Pfizer, Cincinnati Children's Hospital, and lead study scientist Dr. Robert Frank declined comment and wouldn't answer our questions. Same with CDC, which also wouldn't tell us how many adverse event reports in children is received for COVID vaccines. Honestly, you should go back and watch the original video. It's a little long, but I mean, when dealing with important stuff, a little bit of length is worth it. But yeah, these people aren't gonna talk. They were all getting paid. They were all getting paid money to do this and not care. Look at how many medical professionals are driving around in their new cars ever since the vaccines came out. Hey, what's up, this phase? Just trying to holler at y'all, see what's going on. Had a lot on my mind, reminiscing, trying to figure out these things that are going on my mind. Trying to figure out some puzzles. I'm not here to start nothing. I ain't trying to start nothing. Just got some things that I want to get done. Some things that I want to get solved. Some things I want to enlighten myself with. So maybe y'all take a time and to get the opportunity to stop by and listen to my thoughts. Hope so. Very intellectual. So if you get time, just holler at me. I'm reminiscing all in my room. Just trying to figure out a whole lot of things. Until then, y'all have a great day. And thank you for coming in and listening to me. Thanks. A shocking discovery was made when T. D. Jake's oldest son, Jermaine Jakes, was taken into custody in relation to a sexting conspiracy. The megachurch founded by his father, Potter's House, is not far from where the arrest occurred in Dallas, Texas. Specific charges against Jermaine Jakes were stated in the document that came with the arrest warrant. While Bishop Jakes remained silent regarding his son's homosexuality, Rumors about his own sexual orientation began to resurface among the African-American LGBT community. Activists had previously questioned if well-known pastors who fiercely opposed LGBT rights, like Jake's, were dealing with personal issues pertaining to their sexual orientation. When the topic of down-low boys in African-American culture, especially in the Black church, came up, the talks got more complex. Many DL guys keep their same-sex relationships a secret, and some say that the anti-gay dogma and traditional gender roles of the black church are what drive this subculture. Bishop Jake claims that male homosexuality is a spiritual brokenness brought on by problems like persistent incarceration, sexual abuse, fatherlessness, or difficulty forming healthy connections with men. His previous comments on the subject had sparked debate. When word of Jake's sexual orientation began to surface again, some African Americans believed that his son's incarceration was a premeditated attempt to openly challenge his father's homophobia. Some claimed that Jermaine Jakes was simply accepting who he really was, an openly gay man, instead of hiding behind a stained glass closet. In response to these rumors, Tia, Jake spoke to the audience at his Christmas service, a day often spent in praise and celebration. He responded coolly and firmly to the allegations that had gone viral on the internet. Confidently, he stated, Some of you come in to hear what I'm going to say out of concern. Anyone who thinks I'm going to call out a lie, you have the option to log off. I will not use this holy day and this sacred pulpit to address a lie when I have the chance to speak the truth. The internet video of his reaction showed different things to different people. Some thought his hands were shaking because he was being so tense. 
but Jake never wavered in his resolve to prove his innocence. A user on TikTok made the initial claims. He continued by saying that Cassie Ventura, who had resolved a lawsuit against Diddy, was helping the FBI investigate him. A burner phone and a USB drive containing video evidence from one of Diddy's purported sex parties were among the incriminating materials that Cassie was accused of disclosing. There was, surprisingly, more to the claims. It was also reported that T. D. Jakes went to one of these parties and supposedly had sex with a few of the men there. The T. D. Jakes Group and T. D. Jakes Ministries Executive Director of Public Relations and Communications, Sorden A. FORI has vehemently denied recent claims made on social media regarding Bishop T. D. Jakes. Nevertheless, T. Jake's name went viral on social media due to the baseless accusations that were already well-liked in the online community. When it came to the controversy surrounding his affiliation with Pence, It is extremely hard to go back to Jasper. Just seeing the city limits of Jasper, Texas, the trees caving in, and seeing a long, rugged road would just bring back the memories. One of the worst hate crimes this nation has ever seen. Bird was kidnapped and then tied behind a pickup truck and dragged for nearly three miles in the East Texas city of Jasper, all because he was black. The legacy of a gruesome hate crime still haunts this small Texas town. Their lives changed forever on June 7th, the day of Bird's murder. There are not words to describe just how bad this was. We learned that there was a great deal of prejudice in our community that we kind of swept under the rug. And it changed one family forever. This was 23 years ago. But it still seemed like this. This generation, they don't know about James Bird Jr., the black man that was dragged behind a pickup truck. describe my dad as witty, <laughs> the life of the party, and very free-spirited. The day before my dad was brutally murdered, he wasn't himself. I don't know if he felt something. I was actually in basic training, and my sergeants woke me up and told me, you know, I had a phone call, you know, it was pretty important. The phone rang and I heard my sister just scream. But when I heard her scream, she hit the wall and she said, Daddy. It's something you don't want to never get a phone call for, I tell you like that. On a Saturday night in June 1998, James Bird Jr. caught a ride with three white men in Jasper, Texas. They drove him down a dark country road, beat him, then chained him alive to a pickup truck and dragged his body for three miles until he was decapitated. A black boy found the body on his way to church and, and he called the sheriff's department because it was outside of the city limits. The sheriff immediately called the FBI in for backup, but it didn't take long for the news to spread through town. He took the ministers out there and showed us, and we saw where the teeth were and where the baseball cap was and, and where the arm and the head were, and, and it was horrible. He wanted us to know. As much as he knew, so that we could tell our people. Are you a white supremacist, sir? Are you a white supremacist? The day after the murder, police arrested John William King, Russell Brewer, and Sean Allen Barry. We believe that Bill King wanted to start a KKK group in this community and needed to do something phenomenal, earth-shattering. Because Bill was a brilliant kid, but he was evil. Jasper, there was not a lot of hard news there. There was not a lot of controversy there. Jayla, Jayla. It had a large population of African Americans living in Jasper, so it would have been the last place in East Texas that I would have thought this would happen. Over the last two decades, reporter Angel San Juan covered how the town of Jasper has tried to move on from the tragedy. 
the town was horrified and from the beginning it was important for Jasper to say that hey we're not all like that decided to come in. The new Black Panthers decided to come in. Authorities are facing their greatest challenge controlling the situation now when the Klan is trying to leave the scene and black militia groups are trying to confront them. But what they did is the local folks, they stayed away. The ministers in Jasper of all faiths came together and they led the community. We need prayer for healing and we want everyone, black, white, Hispanic, everyone. We learned that um, there was a great deal of prejudice in our community that we kind of swept under the rug. And not everyone in the town wanted to face that reality. There were a few people that would almost try to blame Mr. Bird. No one deserves to die that way. We weren't going to change people by arguing. We were going to change them by how we lived our lives. You can still see the tree line that divided the white part from the black cemetery. The Jasper City Cemetery was still segregated. It was divided. There was a white side and a black side. And we took down the fence. And for us, it was very, very meaningful. Until we actually see that justice is done, then I believe. Only then will we begin to heal here in Jasper. John William King became the first white man in Texas history to be sentenced to death for killing a black man. I actually witnessed his execution. He literally just went to sleep, and you think of James Bird Jr.'s death. He committed the crime, yet he just went to sleep, and James Bird Jr. just struggled to the very end. Russell Brewer was sentenced and executed as well. And Sean Allen Perry is still serving life in prison. Good morning, Sean. When I found out that my dad was brutally killed by three white supremacists, I was in denial. I was numb. I was 16 years old. So love and forgiveness was no part of my process at that moment. I was fighting for a country that killed my old man. You know what I'm saying? It was hard for me to remain in the service after that. James Bird did what he wanted to do. And you know, he was that type of person. I take after him a lot. Smart, intelligent, charismatic. At the end of the day, you can't turn it to the idol. You know, I'm just being honest with you. It's not a happy life. In 2009, President Barack Obama signed a hate crimes law named after James Byrd Jr. It will strengthen the protections against crimes based on the color of your skin, the faith in your heart, or the place of your birth. 23 years later, I still get angry, but it's how you channel your anger. I mean, I choose to channel it in a positive manner. So this is a journey for me. My dad did not get killed at the hands of a police officer. But in today's world, that is what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of brutality by the hands of officers. The murder of uh, George Floyd, it was a challenging point for me to put on my uniform. Just the disappointment that our country is still enduring racism in the magnitude that it is. I want to be that officer, if nothing else, just be there in solidarity, be there as, hey, you know, I know what you're going through. How many George Floyds do we got to be, you know? How many Jane Birds do we got to be? See, fam, this is, she She became a police officer, and, um, you know, this is what I be trying to say, we are, we so molested, and white supremacy, 
of what white people, Caucasian people do to our forefathers and our kinsmen. And I tell y'all in America and, 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 and the country out of America that this has been going on forever since we've been here. You know, when is the mindset of our people thinking that they are free or they in a land that really cares about you? That's why we got to move some furniture inside with inside ourselves because this furniture that America put in our mindset and our spirit is not comfortable anymore and never been comfortable. Sitting on crates, going to sleep on crates, You know, that ain't even good. And that was most of us doing. Sleeping on crates. Sitting on crates. And covering ourselves up with leaves and leaves and trees. Trying to keep ourselves warm. And 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 the whites and the white priest and the minister talking all that yabba yabba. Yeah, we need to do this. We need to do this. We didn't think this was. See, when you're comfortable in something, you don't, you want to put it under the table. Like he said, they put it under the table like it doesn't exist. Well, it, if I don't see it and it ain't affecting me, well, it's okay. But now when they see it, they want to start making some arrangement but the arrangement is not the right one because what you still have out there is still manifesting out there in the air whatever because you tearing down a fence to make sure the graveyard is not segregated gonna put a big dent in what's going on the mindsets of the 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 non-pigmentation man and the non-melanated man and the non-melanated woman So after three whole years of doing absolutely nothing for the very people he thanked for getting him into office, President Biden is going around to rally support, not from immigrants, not from other people of color, not from the people in Ukraine or Israel that he showed out billions of dollars in aid to using our tax dollars, but he's going around to black voters in particular to rally support in hopes of winning the presidential election again off of our backs. This man shouldn't even feel comfortable stepping a foot in a black church after three years of playing in our faces. He literally introduced a bill only to study reparations after dishing out billions of dollars in aid, using our tax money to people who aren't even American citizens. And let's not forget, because this is really even more insulting in my opinion, he signed in a hate crime law to prevent attacks against Asians who severely exploit the black community economically and have committed way more hate crimes against black Americans than any that has been committing against them. But he also shelled out $50 million in support to them. But for the people that this government has done the most wrong to, the most mistreatment than anybody else on this entire planet, all they can do is study reparations. To add insult to a whole lot of injury, they literally made Juneteenth a federal holiday, which does absolutely nothing for us other than it allows every race to be off for that day and still get paid. And the reason that he has the audacity and the confidence to yet again rally the support of black voters is because he understands that we value symbolism and people talking to us nice over actual progress. And that is why he stood there in a black church in front of black people talking about a dream, quoting Martin Luther King and saying that we shall one day overcome but absolutely nothing about reparations and actual things that he's going to put into place to help black Americans. He literally said to black people and I quote you had my back, you had my back and I hope I've had yours. He had to say I hope because he knows for a fact he cannot say he has had our back because he has not. Way too many of us are continuously backing him solely because you are scared of President Trump even though you survived four years of his presidency and nothing happened. Our status quo remained the same because really and truly neither of them are our solution. Too many of us are letting fear stop us from actually seeking real progress. Y'all are literally voting out of fear. White people, on the other hand, vote for freedom. Once they started to see that this government is taking away their freedoms and doing corrupt things, they said, we're not having it. Biden is literally crushing the poor whites and almost dissolving the white middle class. 
literally trying to force states like Texas to open themselves up to immigrants. Republican states are literally uniting and saying, no, we will not have that. Which is why everyone is predicting that we are on the brink of another civil war. We were already warned of this in a book called Fall of America by a black man. We're too scared to unite and do for ourselves. We'd rather keep begging and get nothing. So the weather in America is getting worse and worse. And while it can be said that there's bad weather everywhere, the weather in America is uniquely bad. Not only are we seeing weather events happening in places that they don't typically happen, phrases like I've never seen anything like this before can now be considered a constant and general description or summary of what American weather is currently like. Now, why is this happening? America pushes the narrative that this is climate change. However, it's not. Not only does that distract from the real reason, but climate change has no effect over tornadoes and hurricanes and severe weather events. So then why is this happening? America was never gonna get away with her mistreatment of black people for the last 400 years. As Thomas Jefferson so famously said, indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. See, black people, despite what we've been told and what many of us still believe, we mean something to somebody. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan stood up and announced to the world that black people in America today are the children of Israel right now. It said of the children of Israel, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own and they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. Black people have been enslaved in America for 400 years. That's not even a debate. Then it says, the Lord heard their cry and raised up Moses through whom the Lord will speak and judge the nation of Egypt to make Pharaoh let his people go. Now, God does not judge a nation in a courtroom or in front of a jury, but as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan taught us, God judges the nation with the forces of the weather. There is no defense against the weather. I mean, you can try to survive it, but there is no stopping it. For decades, Minister Farrakhan has been warning to watch the weather. He said, this is God's sanction on America. He's been saying it for years and the weather has gotten worse and worse. Now, God is going to judge all nations, but America, as Minister Farrakhan said, is the most rotten nation on earth. And that is why God has come and they are number one on his list to be destroyed. And all you have to do is turn on the news to see it. In his book, Fall of America, written in 1973, 50 years ago, when nobody was talking about this or nobody was talking like this, he mentioned the four weapons that Allah God will use to plague America day and night is storm, rains, floods. And now the coming winter hail has been falling in some places the size of golf balls, baseballs, and football. We see that happening right now. This is 2024 It is a fact that black people in America are the children of Israel today, which also means that there is a Moses and an Aaron and a Jesus amongst us today. I know our Moses and our Aaron, do you? And to those who say that these men are unknown, they can No, see, y'all still ain't picking up on it. Y'all ain't picking up on it. Okay, let me break it down since everybody keeps asking me. The Zionists are the ones that came from Poland. Okay? And Ukraine. Right? They are the ones whose headquarters is in Israel. They have immersed themselves and entrenched themselves in the United States. Right? Politicians, judges, presidents, you name it. In World War III, they're supposed to fight Obama and the Muslims. That's why the UN, the United Nations, is controlling both sides, but allowing them to utilize members of their militaries. That's why they're trying to flood the borders. See, the Zionists represent the Republicans. The Mahdi represents the Democrats, the liberals. They're being controlled by Obama behind the scenes. You see what I'm saying? Now, the Zionists 
and uh, the Ishmaelites are tr- know that Trump is the wild card. They both want to control him, but his personality can't be contained. But he holds this popular vote in swaying. So if one can't get the other to do what they want to do, that's why the Simpsons came out to say, hey, we'll eliminate him and then we'll duke it out between us. That's why Biden finna step down. Y'all finna see Michelle Obama. See, I'm gonna give y'all part two on this. Everything that's happening right now, let me give you the scenario, and y'all better save this for y'all phones and share it before, because they're gonna block it. Satan, they both are the synagogues of Satan. Now, one party has introduced the puppets, which are the consciousness of the Nephilim and some of the Nephilim, right? Now, they have the AI bodies that they're embodying consciousnesses with. In order to go up against God, they want to have the consciousnesses of the old people that was petrified during the flood. So they'll have spiritual knowledge on how to gain what they believe the upper hand on God. And the winner but the Titans part two on it was the largest ballistic missile attack ever against American forces. God damn! Iran launched 16 missiles carrying warheads weighing more than a thousand pounds at U.S. troops in Iraq. Stay right here, bro. Don't move. Do y'all remember that clip where this man went ballistics because he found out the company that he worked for for 30 years had canceled the pensions? meaning he was saving and putting money into this pension and all of his money is gone now. 30 years. Here's another story. (laughs) This woman works for a life insurance company. She got a call from a 70-year-old woman who got a notice saying that her life insurance policy that she's been paying into since the 80s is being canceled. It's being canceled. So she goes to explain to her Basically, the premiums that you've been paying every month since the 80s is not enough to cover your claim at the end of your life for this life insurance policy. So they're dumping you. Keep in mind, you told me all I had to do is pay and we'll give a little number, $10 a month. That's what I did so that you can give me $500,000 on the other end. So the insurance company said, well, that's not enough. So sorry, we're dumping you. But here's the even worse part. So the older woman says, you know what? This isn't right. It's not fair. But let me go ahead and surrender the policy. I guess when you surrender the policy, that means you can't get the full payout, but you can get some money back to go ahead and close the account. Cool. The agent went to go look at the numbers. You know how much this lady who has been paying into this policy since the 80s can get back? $70. $70. So if I'm hearing this correctly, keep in mind, it's not my world. Basically, this woman, and we'll say she's been paying $10 a month since the 80s. The insurance company said, yo, that's not enough for your premiums. So instead of telling you we need to increase your premiums, we're just going to pull the money from the actual life insurance policy itself. And let's say it's $500,000 just to be nice. So when she's paying $10, they're pulling $70 out of her, her life insurance policy. So they've gotten to the point where they have pulled all the money from the life insurance policy to make up that gap in premiums. That's why they're dumping her on the life insurance policy. They've pulled all the money out of it and she can't pay into it anymore because all the money is gone. 
Education doesn't mean anything. Buying a home doesn't mean anything. Buying a life insurance policy doesn't mean anything. Getting an education doesn't mean anything. Working until retirement age does not mean anything. I'm 46 years old. I literally do not know what I can do in America that will give me a somewhat decent life at my old age. There's nothing that seems to work that will give you medication, healthcare, housing, stability, nothing. There are older people who bought homes because of their taxes, they're getting bumped out. There are older people that have paid into Social Security, but because of the high costs of it, they still can't afford rent or medication. Nothing. What can you do? Like, for real, what can you do? What can you do? Get out, exposing the sample. Call him Kunye West. America gonna be destroyed. No doomsday threats. It's gonna get hit with ballistic missiles from Gog and Magog. You shouldn't have had liposuction. Should have jogged the weight off. We the resistance. Hear the bravery in my voice. You lied to us when you said slavery was a choice. Nigga must have smoked up a whole quarter piece. 1441, we was kidnapped by the Portuguese. When I hear the words make America great again, all it means is make blacks and Latino slaves again. You said Bush don't care about black people. When it comes to cooning, you're a Barkley and Shaq's equal. You was the realest spitter ripping the beat up. Now you in a sunken place, boom, clicking the teacup. Yeah, learning you're a slave. Mom turning in her grave. Lyrical sermon on the page, just burning off the America mage. was great when they stole the land from the natives. It was great when they brought blacks over on slave ships. It was great when they prospered our free labor. It was great when burning our bodies was sweet savor. It was great when they could rape our women at will. It was great when they did our children like Emmett Till. It was great when firemen sprayed us with hoses. It was great when they killed all our modern day Moses. Could you cherish a place where we perished in hate? Then wear a hat that says you want to make America great. Your character's fake. Saying Trump represents freedom. He's eat him. He told cops when you stop, blacks mistreat him. Everything changed when you got with that ratchet thought. Your mom's casket dropped. Evil cerebral and rapid thoughts. The aftershock. You started tweaking off acid drops. High as an astronaut. I bet this shit happened to Travis Scott. Watch the throne. You really sold yourself a dream. It seems the people high as Got the lowest self-esteem. You're made back on the road to hell. You should be wearing the hat that says your soul is for sale. Yeah, look at all this backlash hate. First you backstab hold, then you backstab Drake. MK Ultra eye stuck in your mouth wide. This ain't the same kumbaya from the south side. America was great when cotton picking with bloody fingers. It was great when we called Mexicans beaners. It was great when we didn't have a voice to speak. It was great when they fed us scraps, no choice to eat. It was great when they fed our babies to gators. It was great when they beat us before the taser. It was great in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. It was great when the media didn't cover our stories. Yeah, Deacon, AKA Five Lords, Kari. All praise Yahweh, Shimmy, I was shy. Hey, Kanye, man, get out. You out of pocket, homie. All the Jews, all the gems, all the jewels and gems you gave us about our history, all the social injustice that you spoke out about. And now this, this ain't the land of our rest. All right? We under curses, we Israelites. They're not for us, man.
But I'm always chilling. I'm always tuned in to stay. He has the hottest podcast out there. Go listen. Very informative. When I'm home chilling, I'm always tuned in to Faze. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home chilling the ride, I stay tuned to the Faze podcast. It's the hottest message out there. Driving around, I always listen to Faze. You keep it real. It's over.